Hello and welcome to Learning More with the Core, your community health core podcast. My name is Keely Hancock and I'm a current social work intern with CHC, East Texas Local Mental Health and IDD Authority. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Community Health Corps' Housing and Veterans Program Manager, Ms. Chesley Knowles. Ms. Knowles is a native of Shreveport, Louisiana, where she attained her bachelor's in clinical psychology at LSU, as well as an SFA alumni where she attained her master's. Chesley has been with Community Health Corps for 24 years, where she began working with IDD services for the majority of those years to now working as Housing, ADRC, and Veterans Program Manager. So please enjoy Ms. Chesley Knowles. Hello, Ms. Chesley. How good are morning. you? I'm, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to bring you on today to kind of spread knowledge on what we provide for housing veterans and ADRC. Sure. And then I'll ask you, can you tell us what ADRC stands for? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to start there? Yes. Okay. Please. Well, we will start with ADRC. <laughs> ADRC stands for Aging and Disability Resource Center. And um, it is, they're national. Um, they're, it's not just something specific to the state of Texas. So you will find the ADRCs nationally. In Texas, it is a contract that we have through HHSC, with the, which is Health and Human Services Commission. So many acronyms. Yes, <laughs> I'll try to remember that. We actually have two contracts, we being Community Health Corps. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the Arctex ADRC, which serves counties in the Texarkana area, and we have the East Texas ADRC, which serves the counties down here in Longview, going towards Tyler and those counties that way. Okay. It is, as the name implies, a resource center. We don't provide any direct service. We man the phones between 8 and 5, Monday through Friday. Calls come in, and we try to connect people to the resources that they're looking for. We specialize in aging and disability population. You know, if someone calls and they're needing, you know, access to uh, food services or something of that nature, we'll still connect them to that as well. Okay. So what Mm -hmm. typical resources are people calling for with ADRC? With the ADRC, we get a lot of phone calls about um, attendant care. So we connect them to that number that they can call to get more information about that. We get a lot of phone calls about aging services. So we connect them to the local area agency on aging. Mm -hmm. And so each region throughout Texas has a local, we call it a AAA, area agency on aging. Right now, open enrollment for Medicare Mm -hmm. has begun, and it goes through October 15th through December 7th. So the area agencies on aging are helping Medicare recipients to get to change, either choose a a Medicare provider or change. Mm -hmm. So we're connecting people to to that. So So y'all are busy, because that's not a big open availability time. Right, yeah, it does get pretty busy. Right now, two of our staff are in Baltimore getting trained on um, information and referral services. We also provide housing navigation through the ADRC. Just a lot of of connecting people to resources. Yeah, it's kind of like a wraparound services for Mm -hmm. the older generations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. For veterans, are they, is it connected in some way with ADRC? Because a Um, lot of the veterans are of that older age group. Yes. So, 
one of the populations that the ADRC also focuses on are veterans, so it does kind of tie in. Our veterans, East Texas Veterans Resource Center is um, under the umbrella of Community Health Corps. There is a Longview office here at Community Connections, and there is an office in Texarkana at the College Drive location. Mm-hmm. Um, the East Texas Veterans Resource Center has been in operation, I think, since about 2013. I could be a little off on those dates. But yes, since you know, located right here with ADRC, they can refer to veterans, veterans can refer back. Okay. You know, it's good that they have close proximity to each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what type of services do we provide for veterans? Because I don't know much about veterans. In fact, sure. I haven't gotten anybody on to speak about veterans yet. Sure. Well, if you ever want to deep dive into veterans, Wallace Revely, I've heard his pro- name. I've heard <laughs> the his program name. manager will tell you everything you want to know. Okay. He's, he's really good, um, really great person to talk to. I'll get him on here next. Though. Sure. So I'll just do an overview because yeah. he, can, he can dive deeper into it. But as that name implies as well, it started off as a resource center, and we do. We get phone calls and we connect veterans to those resources on how can they apply for benefits? How can they get connected to the VA? You know, I was just checking an email. Um, there's a veteran organization that wants to donate furniture to our program, and so mm-hmm. we're kind of trying to coordinate where we can store that. So if we have a veteran that needs something, we can provide it to yeah. them. But as far as specific services, we have two housing programs that can provide rental assistance, utility assistance, and some other kind of housing startup mm-hmm. for like veterans or their and their families. Oh, okay. And we also have a peer program. Oh, um, so okay. We have, yes. Mm-hmm. So we have peer a peer provider. The peer works with justice involved veterans to divert them from the ju- criminal justice system. Mm. And then he does a lot of suicide prevention, prevention training. Thank you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> In fact, we just got a suicide prevention grant oh, perfect. From, from the VA. So I might have to figure out how to find a veteran peer because I know just speaking with some of the veterans' um, employees. It's a different language when mm-hmm. you're speaking with veterans, mm-hmm. and it helps when you've got somebody who's been through the service who understands the rankings and yeah. all of that. Is that kind of what that, that peer provides? Yes. Yes, the peer, that position is always a veteran. Care coordination actually has a, a two veteran peers, okay. specialists, um, but then our veteran program has a, a, a peer so, position okay. that is a veteran. His name is Ken Hansen, and he does a great job as well. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. I'm learning, I'm learning. So the big question, housing. Housing, housing for housing. Community Health Corps. Housing for Community <laughs> Health Corps. So actually, I had printed up some kind of like an infographic on housing, and I need to get that out to case managers, workers, Everybody. whoever is interested in it. Yeah. It's kind of like a flow chart for how to assist someone that you're working with mm-hmm. that has a housing need. But specific to Community Health Corps, we have a federally funded rapid rehousing program that serves individuals that are homeless and have a co-occurring mental health diagnosis. We have a state funded through HHSC housing program for people who are in adult mental health services under Community Health Corps and that can help with rental assistance, utility assistance. They may be homeless, but they can also be at risk of homelessness to qualify. 
We have a contract through the Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs to assist people with rental assistance. Okay. Usually in that, for that particular program, they're already housed, they just need some support. It's not really geared towards people who are actually experiencing homelessness, but you know, they wouldn't be excluded. Yeah. We also have two um, HUD properties that are HUD subsidized, so they're based on their income. HUD, what is that? Um, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Okay. One is in um, Marshall. It's a small 16-bed property. Okay. And one is in Longview. For, for females, it's a six-bed home. Okay. What are the requirements to get in these? And, like, is there a three-year wait list? Because I know local housing authority, like for Gilmer, I learned yesterday, it's like a three- to four-year wait list. Mm-hmm. And I know that with Longview... It was like open for four hours a couple months ago because we were working with the Kirkpatrick ladies and Mm -hmm. we were able to get three of them on there. What are the qualifications to be eligible for those services? Okay, so for community health course services, you do have to have a mental health diagnosis. Mm -hmm. For other public housing authorities and other other services outside of community health core, that's not necessarily the case. So we have Internally, we have housing programs for people with a mental health diagnosis, and we also have housing services for veterans. Mm -hmm. If you're working with someone that is homeless, so they're in a shelter, they're on the streets, an abandoned building, or in a hotel that someone else is paying for, then it's really important that they get what we call a coordinated entry assessment. Okay. That assessment, and we do it down in um, our veterans program, both in Longview and um, Texarkana. We also have a staff person that can do the coordinated entry assessments in our housing program located within the ADRC office. That connects that individual to, connects them, but not necessarily meaning that there's a service available, but Mm -hmm. it connects them to services within the community that they could potentially be eligible for if there's funding available. The biggest thing is that there's not enough money yeah. to meet the need that we have in the community. Mm-hmm. And community health corps housing programs, whether for veterans or people with a mental health diagnosis, they're all temporary. Yeah. So it's real important that folks remember that these, you're connecting them to a temporary service, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. It might be fulfilling an immediate need they have, but long term, they need permanent supports. Yeah. And so it's really important that you connect them to those different housing authorities or subsidized housing properties um, as well. And yeah. that we don't just stop with the temporary housing. So with the temporary housing, to maybe support them to know how to budget and to get back on their feet, are we teaching those skills or coping skills? Or are we having case managers come out? One of the particular programs we have that's funded through the state, they do have a caseworker assigned to them that would teach them those specific skills like budgeting and stuff. But then they also have a housing coordinator that's going to help them work with their landlord to make sure, you know, their rent's getting paid on time and any issues that might be going on at the property that they're kind of helping to mediate that with the landlord. In one of our federally funded programs, they may have a caseworker, they may not. So either way, the, the housing coordinator is there to, to provide a, 
okay. a layer of support there. And so we have federal, we have state, we have Texas Department of Housing, and we have HUD. Which, yeah. which is the quickest to get in on? <laughs> they all have a waiting list, unfortunately, but not surprisingly. <laughs> it's really kind of hard to say which one's the quickest. It, it, it varies mean, on it, who it, qualifies. It, it varies on the individual, and it varies day to day on the how much funding's available. Okay. We're also supported, um, one of our programs is also supported from the Greater Longview United Way. Oh, yeah. And one of our veterans programs in Texarkana is supported by the uh, Greater Texarkana United Way. So support your United Way. Yes, they're very important. Yes. And, and again, it, it just really kind of depends on what, what funding source is available. But for people with Community Health Corps, if you work at Community Health Corps, there is an um, email address housing at communityhealthcore.com. Mm -hmm. So if you want to refer someone to our internal waiting list, not a public waiting list, yeah. but our internal waiting list, email housing at communityhealthcore.com. Okay. If you have a question about housing, you can email. We also have a veterans email address, veterans at communityhealthcore.com. If you have any questions about veterans services or you have someone on your caseload that's a veteran and you want to get them connected, you can email. That. Yeah, because I know a lot of programs, when I ask them their barriers, they say housing. And that's not the program's fault. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's funding. So how yeah. do we change that funding allowance? What is it that we well, need to do? Um, is it voting? Is it? I mean, yes, a little bit of everything, honestly. <laughs> One of the things that we do locally is every year we have what's called a point in time count. So we call it the PIT point in time count. Again, that's something that's done across the nation um, the last Thursday in January every year where communities go out, volunteers go out to, it, it sounds a little outdated now, but what we're doing is we're counting the home, the people who are homeless. And we use that data along with other data when we're applying for grants or reapplying for grants. And so you don't necessarily want to have a high count because that means you've got a lot of people that are homeless in your community, but your number helps to support how much money you get. Yeah. So you want to have an accurate count. Yeah. And we know that our count's always lower than what it actually is. That's one way, mm -hmm. is, is trying to capture accurate data so when you're applying for funds, you can get what you need. I think it's also just about working together. There's a lot of resources, housing resources within the community, we talk to each other kind of as much as we can, but I still don't know that, I think it could always be better. Of course, yeah. And um, I encourage anyone that's interested in housing to attend the monthly local homeless coalitions that yeah. occur virtually. Mm -hmm. They used to occur here at Community Health Corps. There's also one in Texarkana that occurs monthly. I think they're actually having one today um, in Texarkana. But again, if anybody has questions, email that housing email address and we'll, it's really kind of hard to just summarize because yeah. there's just so many different variables and I learn something, you know, every day about mm -hmm. housing that I didn't know before. We'll try to help you as much as we can. Being in different programs, I've seen where clients all of a sudden just come up one day unhoused and then it's like, well, I need housing right now. And that's not 
it's mm-hmm. not possible. Right. You know? And I, and I think that is a very good point, is that Community Health Corps doesn't have emergency housing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'll get a phone call from a caseworker, from anybody, and they'll say, you know, I've got someone here with me, and, you know, they can their friends said they can only stay here one more night and then they've got to go somewhere. Yeah, it's and, so know, common. Right. <laughs> and they may ultimately qualify for one of our programs if we have funding available, but there's not there's not anything we can do for that person right then. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we can't like we're not rapid rehousing. We, well, it is rapid, but even rapid is is there's a process. Mm-hmm. So emergency housing is what we would refer that it, that situation to, and those are our emergency shelters. Right. A lot of people don't want to go there. A lot of shelters have rules, mm-hmm. you know, and guidelines. Guidelines, yeah. and which makes sense. It does, but, but not everybody's in the space to want to abide yeah, by some rules. Right. And if someone's struggling with um, an addiction. That adds they, on another they, layer. Right, you know, they, they may not be able to stay. So there's a, there, are, there are a lot of barriers. Um, there's a term called low barrier shelter. I feel like we need a low barrier shelter in our, com- more low barrier shelters in our communities. Not to say it's a free for all and anybody can do whatever they want, but if you're under the influence but not violent, mm-hmm. come on in. We'll if you soon. have your dog with you come on in you know if you know so in other words it's low barrier and more people can stay in that shelter than being on the street absolutely you know so well and i've noticed and check me if i'm wrong there's not a lot of resources for families that are unhoused right um well in east texas families and i could be wrong on this too but the shelters that I'm familiar with usually separate the men from, from the, the women. women. Mm-hmm. And so the mom might go with the young kids, mm-hmm. but the dad's going to be yeah. in the other section. And that can be traumatic. Yeah. I can understand why they do that, yeah. you know, variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's no easy answers. Mm-mm. But um, Not at all. Yeah. But I do think it's something that is talked about more and more just within the community yeah within the community and and nationwide mm-hmm. um honestly you know do you th- foresee any any changes that anybody's looking to maybe incorporate these <clears throat> low barrier housings or these permanent I, supportive housings emergency housing i don't know of any low barrier shelters that are on the horizon mm-hmm. for our, for our area not to say there's not something in the works I do know that I, I would like to apply for some permanent supportive housing um, dollars. We had those in our community at one time, mm-hmm. not under Community Health Corps, another agency had that, and they don't receive those funds anymore. I'd like to bring that back to the community. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this, this next summer, summer of 2023, I'll have some, some bandwidth to where I can <laughs> when those funds become open for applications, I can apply for that. The people in that program will receive rental assistance for, you know, it's not, you don't graduate. You know, you you receive it for as long as the the money's there. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like to attain funding, it's grants. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
and so I had Christy Craving on and she schooled me a lot on grants and so you're applying are you getting notifications like about oh hey this new grant popped up mm -hmm. and yeah you've got are you taking care of the grants or do you have somebody who's um, for our housing grants yes I'm, I'm I reapply for all of those every year our veterans Wallace Reveille has taken the lead on our veterans mm -hmm. grants and he's taken that and run and done a great job where you know you get on the listserv for HUD listserv and the VA mm -hmm. and SAMHSA and all that and you'll see oh there's you know there's a new notice coming out there's funding available to apply for this or that mm -hmm. and you know you, you try to get a little group together to yeah. work on it and have really good you know data hopefully you get the you, you're the awarded grant. yeah <laughs> right that's yeah. like a long hefty yeah. process yeah. as for affordable housing that's different though from right and I was fixing to comment on that mm -hmm. as well so under our ADRC our aging and disability resource centers I had mentioned there's a housing navigator role and that role is to advocate in the community for more affordable housing so talking with landlords and builders and um, trying to bring more affordable housing locally. Mm -hmm. You know, that can be a, a, a tall order as mm -hmm. well. There's a stigma with affordable There's a stigma, housing. you know, nobody wants, nobody it, wants in it in their, their neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> you know, I don't want them living on the streets, but mm -hmm. I don't want it in my neighborhood either. So, you know, it's about, you just have to educate folks. What do you think as an intern and for the other interns that are going to listen to this, what are some ways that we can educate our community? Oh, let's see. Or ourselves, if mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that it's important to talk about uh, uh, affordable housing. I can tell you something in the past, d during COVID and coming out of COVID, almost all of the apartment complexes in Longview were bought out and they're under new management. And relationships that we had had with some of those landlords for a long time aren't there anymore mm -hmm. and they're not wanting to serve people that have a housing choice voucher through the city of Longview or that um, are getting supportive housing through community health court you know they're trying to weed people out for yeah. lack of a better word although I'm not accusing anybody <laughs> of anything so I think just having that conversation that it's really important to for people to be able to afford to live somewhere mm -hmm. you know they you know, have to a good living wage. When most people think of the unhoused community, they think of the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. But could you tell us how easy it is to become unhoused in today's age? Yeah, what the I mean, main reasons are. It can be a series of one or two really bad decisions mm -hmm. or bad luck, you know. I mean, how many people have six months worth of, of um, savings in their account right now I mean you know mm -hmm. uh, or a support system or a support system if you you know to fall back on I mean if you're single parent and you lose your job or you're struggling with an addiction and mm -hmm. you know you've a couple of months behind you get an eviction notice and maybe your family lives in another state you know mm -hmm. what are you going to do yeah you get in a car wreck mm -hmm. it's either replace the car or have nowhere mm -hmm. to live because you can't pay right. rent or groceries yeah. it's right. you, people are having to make these decisions mm -hmm. day after day after day yeah when they yeah. shouldn't yeah and it's not always as simple as go out and get a job i mean no <laughs> <laughs> right now i 
had a really good work ethic growing up and, and modeled in my family. But that doesn't mean that if I didn't have the education that I have, I can go out and get a full-time job, mm -hmm. but if I'm only making, you know, $10 an hour, I can't live on my own, yeah. you know. It's generational, too, you know. Right. If it's right. just, it's There's no easy answer, but I do think we have to have conversations. You know, we have to have conversations with each other. We have to have conversations with folks that we don't agree with. You know, we have to talk to people, hear them out, and at the end of the day agree, to, you know, on just a common set of, you know, what are our goals. Yeah. Does everybody want to not walk downtown and, and see people living on the streets? Yes, we can all agree on that. Okay, so how do we get there? Yeah. You know. It's not so black and white. Right, yeah. Well, to take you out of your program manager position and rehumanize you for everybody, <laughs> listen, this is a stressful position. Do yeah. you have any self-care or any self-compassion for yourself through um, these difficult times? Yeah. I've always really kind of been really uh, protective of my, my me time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do go home and have to, have to kind of decompress. I like to read. I like to work out in the my garden or my flower bed. I, I do watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I, it's probably it's good for decompressing. I, yes, I mean I love it. I mean I know a lot of people think I'm probably you know rotting my mind, but that is how I can then go back and and function. You can you let know. go of right. your day yes. of yes, heaviness. Yes. yes. You know, you either learn how to manage it mm -hmm. and do your self care or. You know, get burnt out. Right. <laughs> or get burnt out. Yeah. And quit. Pick one. Pick right, one now. Right, right. Yes. 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 Well, thank so. you, Ms. Knowles, for coming yeah. on. You're You've educated me. I hope she's thank educated y'all. And you. again, those email addresses housing at communityhealthcore.com, veterans at community health. They are going to answer back. They're waiting. <laughs>